You're now listening to the Co-op Podcast on thecoalition.com. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Co-op Podcast, episode 203. I'm your host, Richard Billy Jr., and today I'm joined by Mr. Gary A. Swaby. How's it going, Gary? It's going good, man. How you doing? Doing pretty good. Um, taking it easy today on the, this Sunday afternoon. Um, and cool. we're also joined by Mr. Jake James Lugo. How's it going, Mr. Lugo? I'm doing all right. It's raining outside. It's kind of a meh day on this afternoon, but it's all right. I'm doing clean. I'm doing okay. That's good. Uh, yeah, I understand that because it, it's also raining here in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Um, so, but yeah, it's still a good day. I have no complaints. Uh, so this week, it'll only be us three because uh, our very good friend and colleague, Mr. Max Muller, He's busy right now at the moment. Uh, He's actually working on the review for Outlast 2. So those of you that are looking forward to the game, make sure you come back to the site tomorrow because he's going to have that review done as well as there might be something else for the game. But, um, you know, really can't talk too much about the game because, yeah, some stuff is under under embargo. Yes, I had to clear my throat there for a second. But look out for that review tomorrow. Um, and he will definitely be on next week. So uh, we do have a little bit of news topics to get into. It wasn't really that much news this week. But before we do that, we're going to let you all know what we have been playing. So, Mr. Lugo, how about you go first and let us know what you've been playing? Uh, I've been playing a number of different things. Obviously, I've been playing some more Persona 5, like I said on last week's episode. I still love that game. Game I'm having a whole lot of fun with. Again, just going through. I think I've probably breached like almost the 50-hour mark, I want to say, give or take, because I've been playing a variety of different stuff, not just that one thing. Otherwise, I'd probably just be playing that game for the longest. Uh, but as far as other stuff, that's more important. I could actually say what I've been playing, even though I can't really talk about them in depth because of embargoes and and, and reviews that are coming. Uh, I have been playing Puyo Puyo Tetris on PlayStation 4. I'm reviewing it. That review might be up tomorrow or the day after. Again, we have a lot of reviews going up within the next few days. So we're trying to at least spread them out and trying to you know make sure that everybody gets a chance to see all of them go up as they get published and stuff. But Puyo Puyo Tetris is one of the games I've been playing. I've also been playing Dragon Quest Heroes 2. Uh, I actually previewed this game back at PAX East when I went over there with Square Enix and got to check out all the lineup of games that they had uh, releasing within the next like couple months. And Dragon Quest Heroes 2 is one of the games I got to see out there. I'm reviewing it. That review is coming very soon. I also am going to be posting up a review for Deformers. Now, if you don't know what Deformers is, Ready at Dawn had a game that was going to be published by GameStop that it's part of like their new publishing company or at least uh they've been getting it trying to get into the realm of publishing video games besides selling them in their stores and deformers is one of the games that uh is going to be one of the first games if not the first game that they're going to be doing that with and uh i'm not under embargo but what i will say is this uh 
I know that there's some issues that happen whenever a game first releases and it's more mostly or primarily an online only game, but it's a shame that when it releases and like just straight up, nothing works. You can't create your own custom games. You can't create any offline games. It's a real shame because when stuff like that happens, everybody drops off and everybody's interest lose it, you know, just dissipates from that. And, and I, it, I came this close to calling it where I just couldn't get into a game because it was almost nigh impossible for like the first like 10 hours, I want to say, because there was a large gap in time when I tried to see if their servers would come back on and just nothing was happening. And it, that's not the only game that's happened to within recent memory. I know there was a couple other big releases that happened within the last like six months where something like that happened. But now the game works. There's going to be a review for that game going up on the site later this week. And I'm hoping that things are a little bit better by the time I actually really sit down and get knee deep into Deformers. But I've been playing a variety of different stuff. Again, you got to get got a lot of great uh, reviews and content, not just from myself, but everybody else that's going to be posting up stuff very soon. So definitely look forward to all that. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, it's unfortunate when some of those issues happen with with the games, but uh, you know, hopefully, this is an issue that eventually gets resolved. Uh, I know that I've encountered a couple of issues on a game that I'm going to talk about in a little little bit, but uh, yeah, we look forward to the content nonetheless, uh, as I'm sure everybody is looking forward to that. So, uh, Gary, how about you? Let us know what you've been playing. Um, yeah, I've been playing Overwatch, of course. You know, not much to say about that, as you know, I always talk about that. And uh, Mass, <coughs> sorry, Mass Effect Andromeda. Also, I've been playing that. Um, I haven't gotten too much further um, since last week. I I did do one major story mission since then, and um, I believe I'm you know almost right at the end. Pretty much, I I got the romance scene with um with Vetra, which was pretty funny, and um. Yeah, I've done a few other things like some of the side quests. I've done most of the uh, the loyalty missions for your allies and stuff. But um, yeah, I really just want to get the game over with. So that's going to be my task for this week to to just complete that game and get it out the way so I can move on to another game, whether whether it be Horizon, Near, or Persona Five. Maybe we'll see. But um, yeah, I also, <clears throat> I also actually managed to get the the Quake Champions beta, and you know I had a couple matches of that, but I can't actually talk about that at the moment. So look out for, you know, more on that in the coming weeks when I can actually talk about that. But yeah, that's pretty much it this week. Yeah, hey, that sounds good. Um... Yeah, we. I mean, I'm going pretty much echo what what you already said. Uh, we've 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 been pretty busy here. With there's a lot of games that we've started to play, some of, some of which we can't really talk too heavily about. But uh, I did find it interesting because I mean, it was a very busy first quarter. Uh, so now it's it's like it's still getting busy, and you know, this is right before the time where we're going to be getting ready to go to E3. So I would say it's pretty busy time of the year. Um, but good, all all good stuff. So uh, as for what I have been playing, I did play a little bit more of Mass Effect Andromeda. Um, I haven't really gotten too far into the actual game because every time I sit down and play that game, you know, I, I say I'm only going to play for maybe 20 minutes or so 
and then 20 minutes turns into an hour, which turns into two hours, so on and so forth. So I didn't really have a lot of time this week to really jump into Mass Effect like I wanted to. I did play a lot more of the game and, and you know, all of the criticisms that that uh, this game had when it first came out, it's, you know, I did see with, with the update, some stuff is improved, but uh, other stuff is still a little, you know, s some problems here and there. But overall, I don't really have any major complaints with the game. I still maintain the belief that it is not is as good as some of the other games, Mass Effect 2, 3 in particular, but it's still a, a decent game. Um, I really, you know, once I finish it, obviously, we are going to still have a podcast. We're going to talk about what we think about the game, everything from top to bottom. But uh, I would just say right now, it's, it's still not a bad game. Um, but with that said, there's a lot of other games that are just so great at the moment that uh, I could see how this game would get lost in the shuffle. Um, but still an okay game uh another game that i have been playing and i can't really say too much about this game i'm gonna say a little bit about it but i'm not gonna give too many details um i've been playing sniper ghost warrior 3 uh actually i believe that the reviews are going to start dropping for that tomorrow now i just received my copy uh on friday so i've been trying to power through as much of this game as possible um, and I still have some more to play today, uh, you know, after we finish with this show. But what I can say so far is that, you know, if you enjoy the game like Sniper Elite, um, you may like this game. Uh, but I have to say, you know, the X-Ray kills in Sniper Elite, to me, that that is that, that was just everything. It's just, it's nothing more satisfying than shooting somebody and then you see the blood, the guts, the, the you know, the bones cracking, all this other stuff. Now, you can still shoot people and have those close-up kills in this game, but it's not on that same level because it doesn't have those type of graphics where you're seeing this is the graphic depiction of somebody getting shot in the nuts or this is them getting shot in the air. You don't have none of that stuff in there. But with that said, the game is still good. Um, and I will say this because there already was a trailer that came out. You know, the story is about two brothers. Um, pretty much one of the brothers does get kidnapped and then you play as the other brother trying to find, you know, you know, his younger brother, but having to go through a lot of different missions, so on and so forth. But what I will say is the game is good thus far. Um, not really in a position to talk about anything pertaining to a score yet. But uh, again, the reviews do drop tomorrow. Uh, I'm not quite sure if I will finish my review by then, but I will at the very least have some impressions to give you all more of my thoughts on the game. But what I can say is that if I had to compare this to Sniper Elite, I would say that this game is still good. I, I think that the, the story in this game is better already than Sniper Elite, uh, but just my opinion. But the game is good for what it's worth. And if you like these uh, Sniper games, uh, you may like this game, you know. But I will say more about that tomorrow um, on the site. So make sure you come back and check that out. As well as I said earlier, Max's uh, review of Outlast 2. That will also be up on the site tomorrow. So uh, definitely make sure you guys check that out if you're interested in learning more about those games. But um, that concludes what we have been playing for this week. So uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to jump right into the topics. Because uh, there are a couple of news things we need to talk about. First and foremost... Um, we finally found out the biggest secret 
that uh, everybody saw coming with Activision this past week when they uh, finally announced that Sledgehammer Games is working on Call of Duty World War II. Uh, and we're going to have a official reveal trailer coming for that on the 26th, which is this upcoming Wednesday. Uh, so, obviously, you know, rumors came out about this being a game that was in development for a while. And we already knew when the year started uh, that they were possibly going to go back to World War II. So I wanted to get you guys' opinions on what you expect from this game and whether or not you think, you, you know, we, we should be excited for it. Um, now, Gary, I'm going to have you go first because uh, I know that you ha- have stepped away from the Call of Duty series for quite a while. But uh, is this a game that you think can get you back into the series? Um, <clears throat> excuse me again. Yeah, um, I feel like Activision knows they have to kind of change the formula again. And um, then them going back to World War Two is kind of like a, a back to basics approach, I think. So, like, they'll bring it back to, you know, that setting and that time and that era of war. But um, I feel like they'll also try to refine some of the mechanics and, you know, make a smoother uh, game experience and, you know, just try and mix things up, mix up the formula a little bit. So I think they're they're quite self-aware on what they need to do. And, you know, of course, um, the last game still sold well, but like it was, it was lower than what you expect from Call of Duty, you know, historically. So, I think they know that you know we we kind of they're kind of hitting the wall with this series, and they need to you know change things up a bit. And you know, I'm I'm actually open to seeing seeing what they come up with. So you know, maybe they will impress me, and maybe I will buy this game again, but. I would say now uh, it's not it's not that likely to be honest, but uh, I am hoping that you know they will pull something off that will you know refine the series and and make it good again and make it worth buying. What do you guys think? Yeah, so um, actually it's getting a little bit dark here, so I'm gonna adjust this. But let me just go ahead and say uh, right now, um, I very much enjoyed when Sledgehammer worked on the last Call of Duty game that they've done, uh, they believe that was Advanced Warfare uh, because I, I liked that, uh, for one, I thought the campaign was was great. Um, you had you had uh, quite a bit of people in there, high-profile actors in there. Uh, Kevin Spacey was the villain. So I liked that game, and that actually got me back into Call of Duty because I did not like some of the other things that were being done. So um, with that said, now that, to know that they have a, a role in this game, I think this game is going to be actually fantastic. Uh, I don't really know. I mean, obviously, we don't really know any information yet. We'll know all the information we need to know on Wednesday. But I have full confidence that they're going to do a great job on this game. Um, and I believe that uh, the whole thing about going to World War setting two, instead of having the futuristic setting, um, I think that is that was much needed because, you know, all these other games they've had, uh, you know, over the last couple of years, they are uh, different concepts to a degree, but it, it still feels somewhat similar in, in terms of the futuristic elements in there. And I think that you need to now have a refresh, especially after the fact that, you know, we saw Battlefield last year and the reception that that game got. And that was also going back to an old formula of going back to World War Two. So I think this is going to be a good game for Activision. 
uh, you know, Call of Duty serious, I, I think it's in good hands whenever Sledgehammer is working on a game. So I'm looking forward to the game. But obviously, yeah, we need to learn more about what this, what, what all is going to be in this reveal trailer. And I'm assuming that uh, we'll learn a lot more on Wednesday when they actually have the reveal. But uh, we'll see. But, yeah, uh, and uh, you and I, we, we watched that um, that teaser video with, with them discussing the game and the announcement mm-hmm. and stuff. And it seems like it's going to be heavily um, set in, in London and, you know, England and stuff. And I feel like that's a good angle to take for, like, the, the single-player campaign. Because, um, you know, I mean, the, the other games have kind of gone from different settings like they they it kind of rotates and goes to different countries and stuff because world war ii was a big war and a lot was going on but having a more contained and more focused story and and um they they said um it's going to be heavily set on you know churchill and stuff winston churchill so that that i think that's a cool angle for them to take have a more you know focused theme and um I'm interested to see what they do with the different maps as well in that, you know, in that setting. I agree. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and it's also in London. So, uh, Gary, that's even more of a reason why you're going to need to jump on this game because, I mean, it's, this is close to your, your hometown. So, um, yeah, you need, you need to be checking this out. Instead, you know, take a break from Overwatch, you know, obviously. But, uh, you know, just keep your eyes out on this game. This might surprise you. If well, Gary jumps into it, I'll do I'll do tag teams uh team deathmatch with him. We'll just go wreck up the entire people. All right. <laughs> we'll just go do it. Yeah. Just go in there. We're gonna be like the freaking uh what is it? I forgot the name of the battalion that stormed Normandy. But it's gonna be just me and Gary just taking on everybody on the internet. Yeah, just tag team everyone. Yeah, that would be cool. We're, we're taking them all down with your quick scopes. It's over. Pack it in. The Call yeah. of Duty tag team champs. Yeah, hey. That could happen. That could happen. But uh, Mr. Lugo, what do you think about this game? Are you excited for it? Or uh, do you just think, well, we need more information before we can really get excited? I think it was inevitable. I called this from a mile away. If you remember this a while back, we even talked about it a few times off the off camera on the uh, not on the co-op, but like in just random conversations. But I said eventually that uh, Activision was going to go back to World War Two because Sledgehammer does World War Two very, very well. Again, World at War was a phenomenal game that a lot of people loved, and that was after they went to Modern Warfare with Infinity Ward. So it was inevitable that eventually they were going to circle back to this because Call of Duty is synonymous with World War II. That's just the nature of the beast. A lot of the earlier Call of Duty games were set in World War II, and, and you know, besides they also went into other places like Vietnam and a few other spots, but... Really, World War II is where they were based at, or at least, you know, where that series was really grown from. Uh, and seeing Battlefields actually go back to World War One with Battlefield One, and that was doing something different, and how well that game did, and how much attention it got, it showed uh, a lot of people that, well, obviously, what's old is new again. And people love that setting, and a lot of people, especially hardcore fans, love that old setting for the Call of Duty games. Otherwise, World at War would have never did as good as it did back in the day. So I'm glad that they're going back to that setting rather than going again to the future like what they did with uh, with Advanced Warfare and all the other recent Call of Duty games that happened not so long ago. I think it's good because there's an audience for every style of Call of Duty game that's out there now. And it's good because the, the variance... Uh, 
and the type of audiences that are out there for Call of Duty because some people have their own, you know, Call of Duty game that they kind of gravitate to or at least have their own opinions about it. It's good that the company or at least, you know, the franchise is big enough to kind of go in two different directions with different developers that are attached to it. So that's pretty cool. Um, am I going to dive into this as much as like I, what I did in the last Call of Duty game? I probably am because I, I at least I enjoyed the last Call of Duty game narratively wise you know with the single player even though i felt that the multiplayer was kind of you know par for the course uh, at least at this point it's going to be interesting seeing like what they do with some of the newer mechanics and the more recent more modern call of duty games and seeing how that translates back to world war ii if they're going to follow the same type of approach that battlefield and ea did with dice back in battlefield one if maybe they take a similar philosophical approach to call of duty world war ii which is what i i'm pretty sure that's what the game is probably going to be called because i don't even know if we have an official name yet if it's called call of duty world war ii it would be it would be understandable if they would call it that or if they're going to go with a different subtitle with that uh i'm guessing we'll we'll find find out more but yeah i, I think call of duty world war ii i don't know what else they'll add to that title um but uh I did want to give a shout out to Master Jazz09 in the chat because he says that so what do we what can we expect now? Twelve more games uh set in World War II universe. You know, I don't I I I'm not really sure what their long term plans are for, you know, as far as what the other studios are working on. But I I, I would hope that, you know, again, they I would hope that they would, you know, at least try to do different things. Um because they have to know that people were getting tired of the futuristic type of setting, even though the games are not necessarily all the same. But it, that, the fact that it was taking place in the future, a lot of people noticed a lot of things that were very similar, and they they did not like that. Um, so we'll have to see about that. I mean, I'm not really sure. But uh, I guess we'll have to just wait until what this reveal is on Wednesday and whether or not this is something to get, in, to get excited about. I, I, I'm only excited because Sledgehammer, they really emphasize team. They really work hard as a team. I did get to go to a Call of Duty event, uh, you know, a couple of years ago after, uh, you know, Advanced Warfare had came out and learned a little bit more about their process, how they work together as a team. And the fact that they don't really, uh, you know, try to find out and dive you know, deep dive into what the other teams are working on. So some some of the times when they reveal these other games, they're learning about this stuff, you know, for what it actually is, just like everybody else for the first time. Um, but uh, yeah, the emphasize team. Uh, Michael Condry is a this is this this is a great guy. I did get a chance to meet him. So hoping that this game turns out to be something special. Um, I think they have a good track record so far with the last Call of Duty. So we'll see how this turns out as far as the finished product. But um, you guys have any other thoughts on uh, this particular topic before we move on to the next? Yeah. No, I'm just um, excited to see what happens. Yeah, like this game is going to have stiff competition because, you know, uh, some of that competition is again going to come from EA because they'll have Star Wars Battlefront. But then you also got to remember they have Destiny. So... Do you see like um, it being a freeway split again, like it was last year? You know, you had uh, Battlefield One, Titanfall, and Call of Duty. So, do you think that same thing is pretty much going to happen again this year with Destiny and uh, Battlefront, and then Call of Duty? Because I don't know if Call of Duty will be able to win that war. To be honest with you, 
No, I think that the audiences are radically different enough. You know, almost the FPS people or the the shooter people in general, because you have three different types of shooters that are that are being released. You got Call of Duty, which is your traditional take on the first person shooter that's modern right now. Even though they're going to a World War II setting, it's still going to be par for the course in some way or form or fashion. Like what the last couple of Call of Duty games have been like. There's a very big audience for that. We know this because the last couple of Call of Duty games, or even the entire franchise, you know, after Call of Duty 4, sells big. It's just the nature of that beast. Second, Destiny also has another big audience that's like again totally different than what you get from those other type of styles of first-person shooters. It's more loop-based. It's more kind of you know built around the same type of philosophy around like an MMO. And I feel like a lot of people that are going to be diving into Call of Duty or probably going to be diving into Destiny might either double dive into both or they're going to choose one or the other. And there's still going to be plenty of people that are going to go around. The one that's kind of like I guess you could say the wild card because it's such a different audience and it's more not so much just the shooter people. I find it more to be Star Wars fans is with Star Wars Battlefront 2 because a lot of the people that are going to play that game are not necessarily diehard first-person shooter or third-person shooter fans. They're just Star Wars or part of the Star Wars fandom. And that's why it's such a big deal for that. Is it really going to be like one one game really gobbles up you know the attention over the other two? I don't think so. I think they're all going to do well. I think maybe Call of Duty might do bigger because of the name of that franchise, especially in the world of gaming. Granted, it is Star Wars. Let's be real, because Star Wars, it's it's a huge name. It's a huge deal. But as far as if we're just talking gaming is concerned, if we're just talking about the realm of video games in the industry, I think Call of Duty still will be that beast that's just going to be like that towards the end of the year. Yeah, interesting points, though. Um, I mean, I guess in the case of, like, Call of Duty and Destiny, I mean, it's all Activision, so they win either way with those games. But, um, yeah, Battlefield, like you said, is the wild card because Star Wars is a big brand and there will be people buying that game just because it's Star Wars and, like, they they might, might not even care about shooters. Like, they just want that story and that Star Wars setting and everything. So... Yeah, that might be... uh... That's going to be a big deal. That's going to be a very, very big deal because keep in mind, that story mode or that campaign for Battlefront 2 is going to be canonical. It's going to be canonical to the Star Wars universe that they're building up right now, which is a huge, huge deal. Yeah. You was going to say something, Rich? Yeah, so I just was going to say that, uh, well, to answer your question, uh, Destiny 2 was going to be out in September. So this is a game that's going to be out for at least two months before this Call of Duty game drops. Um, Because Call of Duty usually comes out at the first Tuesday of November. Um, And I'm pretty sure this is going to be the same with this game. We already know that Battlefront is coming out maybe two, two and a half, three weeks after this game. So um, I think all the games are going to have enough time to shine. But in terms of you know, when you look at the end of the year, the game that'll probably sell the most of all three. I, I, I really don't know about that because the thing is, Battlefront 2, we also have the Star Wars movie coming out, and I'm pretty sure that those those sales will get a huge boost. It'll already do well out the gates in November, but they'll also get an additional boost when that movie comes out in December. Um, so, but Call of Duty, I think it's going to get his numbers no matter what. Uh, people do like the World War II setting. Uh, people still do buy Call of Duty. Uh, it doesn't really matter if wh- whatever they decide to do from a creative standpoint, whether it's a uh, you know futuristic setting, there's still some people that's going to go out there and buy it no matter what. Um, I know there was a lot of backlash last year 
when I was at the Call of Duty event and people saw the multiplayer reveal for the first time, I know, yeah, it, it, but but again, it, the game still sold. So none of that stuff mattered in the end. It still sold, uh, you know, but Activision, I'm glad they're taking a break from the futuristic setting, trying to do this other stuff. But, but as you already said, Gary, Activision wins either way because Destiny and Call of Duty, these are both going to be released uh, under their publishing. So either way, they win. Um, they don't really care too much, I think, about the sales. But I believe Destiny is going to do well. Um, obviously, based off of the reveals, that's going to let you know whether or not it's something that you're interested in. But I, I have to say that I am very much on board with Battlefront 2, uh, not just because of the... the the story mode and the trailer and stuff like that it's just that i see that they actually have taken the time to create a compelling campaign and a story and all of this stuff is canon so i think that's a big deal compared to last year where there wasn't a campaign none of that stuff so i'll be very interested to see but uh we'll have to see how everything turns out but I, I think all three of those games are going to do well. In terms of what's going to do better, I, I, I don't really know yet. I know Call of Duty is going to do its numbers, though, no matter what. Um, so we'll have to see how everything it, it turns out. In terms of the wild card thing, I, I, I just, I, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure. I can't say yet. I'm not sure yet. But um, we'll see. We'll see. But um, any other thoughts on this topic before we move on to the next? No, that was it. Okay, yeah. So we're definitely going to check out the reveal on Wednesday. I'm pretty sure we'll talk more about this next week after we've learned more about what this game actually is. But uh, I'm just going to end off by saying I definitely am looking forward to the game. I, I trust the Sledgehammer. You know, they did a good job with Advanced Warfare. I'm pretty sure they're going to do a good job with this. But yeah, they just need to give me more information as to why I need to be excited for it because... It's yeah, it is another first person shooter. Um, so we'll see, we'll see about that. So let's move on to this next topic. And this is a topic that, uh, quite honestly, um, I guess it was a bit surprising to find out this information. Uh, because I, I have to say, I was surprised with the top selling game in March, but we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna talk about the March MPDs because, uh, it, it was very interesting to look at all of the 10 games that made this list. Uh, most Some of these games are not really surprising. I'm very glad some of that are on the list. But uh, obviously, we start off with the fact that Zelda did outsell Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, I think we should also clarify to say, well, all this stuff is based on physical sales, correct? Not digital? Um, um, I don't... Well, yeah, I think... digital's not included. There's no way yeah. to track the digital for some of them. I know that he even mentioned that, uh, like on the ashes for the MPDs, that it doesn't include digital sales. Yeah, the, okay. the Zelda, Zelda doesn't include digital. Ah, interesting. Okay, so let's just go over real quick. I'm just going to say what the 10 games were. Number 10, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. Yes, okay. Number 9, Near Automata. Number 8 was NBA 2K17. Number 7 was For Honor. Number six, Grand Theft Auto V. Number five was MLB The Show 17. Uh, Number four was Horizon Zero Dawn. Number three was Mass Effect Andromeda. Number two, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. And the number one selling game for March, Ghost Recon Wildlands, which 
I really don't understand. I I don't understand. That's very surprising to an extent. Like, there's got to be a reason, though, and I'll explain why. (laughs) Because, number one, uh, that was right at the very beginning when the Switch first came out and when Zelda first came out. So, obviously, not everybody dived into the Nintendo Switch right from the get-go. That only goes to show. I bet you... Uh, this month for April, you know, as we go into May and we get the MPD numbers for April, that's going to be a very different list because games like Persona 5 are going to be on there. I'm pretty sure you're going to see Zelda go probably to number one more than likely because you're going to start to see a lot of those games drop off because not a lot of people are really hyped up about Ghost Recon, to be honest with you, at least from what <laughs> I saw in various different places. But I think that maybe... You know, maybe because, again, like I mentioned, not everybody jumped into the Switch or not. maybe not everybody uh, was uh, diving into the Switch and Zelda from the very get-go. And also Horizon had already been around for a while now at this point. Had already been around for, I think, over a month, if I'm not mistaken, at that point. Because Horizon came out in February, am I right? Yeah, February 28th is when it, it came out. So, like, one day, um, really, is all that it was out before they started counting those sales. But I guess, I don't know if they counted... If they held off on the sales from the 28th to March, I'm not really sure about that. Oh, um, yeah, that's going to change big time. I have a feeling come next month. So uh, yeah, but, I, I do agree with that. Go, well, go ahead, Gary. You go first. I was going to say, like, even though, um, you know, the Breath of the Wilds and stuff like might have came out a little after Ghost Recon, it's still a shocker that Ghost Recon was number one, in my opinion. Like, because I, I haven't heard anybody talk about this game. Like, this game went completely under the radar. Like, I remember seeing some footage and stuff, and like, I heard like maybe a couple people talk about playing it, and I heard a lot of bad things about it actually. So, like, to, to see it at the top of the charts, I'm like, what the hell? How did this happen? Like, did, did Ubisoft buy some of the games or something? Like, did they buy... You know what I think like, it is, too? <laughs> I, I also think it is, is that, obviously, I know a lot of YouTubers and Twitch channels were playing it, and a lot of it, you know, probably was due be, uh, to some of the participation stuff. Like, you know, because Ghost Recon was a four-player co-op game, and I know a lot of people out there that probably got the game in order to play with some of their favorite personalities. That obviously might have been a contributing factor to a lot of it, because I even participated in some of that stuff with a couple different channels here and there, you know, besides someone that wrote the guide for it. Uh, I think it's also, like I mentioned, it's just some of the bigger games that were there either were already out for quite some time and they already had capped off right around the time, you know, back in February when they came out. I could say the same thing about Nier Automata. I could, I, I would expect that one to be a little bit higher, especially with all the positive uh, press and feedback that that game was getting for quite some time. But it already had been out for over a month now at this point. And the same thing, again, there's games on there that haven't really been mentioned yet that I think are going to be on that list. So I'll Persona 5. Uh, uh, I could also say the same thing maybe about Ukulele. Uh, the same thing also about, uh, I'm trying to think also, stuff that I did recently. I, I would assume a lot of the other games that are coming out towards the tail end of March into April are probably going to get mentioned on there or at least going to be able to kind of like uh, clinch some of those spots. And I really believe that Zelda is going to take that number one spot next month. I really believe that's the case because more people seem like they're jumping onto the Nintendo Switch now, much later on after the release, after they started seeing people get the console and say different things about it. Not just the early adopters. I'm talking about people that are hearing word of mouth from uh, some of their friends that already had a Switch for probably the entire month of March. Uh, I think uh, I think Persona would be number one in Zelda two maybe. Uh oh, I think I don't know. You know something? That's a good point because <laughs> <laughs> there's more Playstations out there than there are Nintendo Switches. Yes, in general. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, a lot of the positive press about Persona 5 is really going to contribute to that because there's a lot of places, not just us and not just me, but a lot of other places that said phenomenal things about that game. And I think it's going to pique a lot of the interest for many people that own a PlayStation 4 at this point. And uh, you'll probably see those two around there in the top spots. And then again, you're probably going to see also games like Ukulele and others, you know, that came out successfully afterwards. But I, I really believe that's a good point. Um. Yeah. Also, I was going to ask you, Rich. Like, what, what do you feel about um, Mass Effect Andromeda? Like the place that it got on on the charts. Well, actually, I'm I'm, I'm surprised it was still in the top three uh, because I think about the reaction that it had with all that preview coverage before it launched, and you would think that well, that may deter some people because I know a lot of people that did not pick up the game. I know some people that picked up the game also. But decided not to open the game, n- nothing. And once they started hearing, well, there's going to be more patch updates, they said, well, I'm not going to bother playing this game until all of the patches are in there and the game is in a better state. Um, so I, I think a lot of people had high expectations for Mass Effect. Uh, you know, that was why they purchased the game. With that said, whenever the next Mass Effect game comes out, I don't think it would chart this high because of the fact of how people saw how Andromeda came out. and it, Some people are very disappointed with that game, even though the game is, is still somewhat okay. Um, I'm not but, surprised, though, to be honest with you. To be honest with you, I don't think I'm surprised that it was in the top three because it still had a lot of hype behind it. Granted, yeah. all those previews said one thing or another. I think a lot of people still either one went and got the game out of protest you know, in, in kind of response to what a lot of other people were saying. And also, I think that people also want to see a lot of the disaster themselves because they either didn't trust what a lot of different outlets were saying or they just, again, they wanted to talk more about it. I, I really believe that. But I, I'm agreeing with you that the next Mass Effect game down the line, I don't think it's going to be in the top three like that, or at least as high on the MPD charts because granted, Mass Effect is still a pretty big name in the games industry. There's still a lot of people that still talk about it, whether it's positive or negative. So it's still going to sell, but I don't think it will probably do as good as it will as it did this time around. I agree with that, and and, and you made a very good points about um, the people that may have uh, bought it out of protest. Because uh, I mean, hey, listen, we we also saw those some of those previews, and that we still wanted to get the game because yeah, we were Mass Effect fans. We wanted to see for ourselves how bad it is. Um, now, honestly, it's not really that horrible, but again, there's no doubt about it. I think the game could have used more polish, and I didn't really see the need for it to get uh, pushed out so soon if it was in this current state. One thing um, I will say, though, For Honor is also very surprising that it's still up there in the top 10. <laughs> the reason why is because that game got such a bad backlash within the last month and change about it, you know, including about the microtransactions, about some of the patches, some of the competitive stuff. There's been a lot of, like, questions about uh, the esports scene with that game. There's it, There's been a lot of negative vibes around it overall, even though it's still being talked about. So I'm still surprised it's in the top 10. I, I'm actually surprised that that game is above Nier Automata, to be honest with you. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. That's yep. another one. That's another one, too, because Nier Automata got so much more positive press than that game. I, you know, I think with For Honor, um, the reason why, because you saw last year on MPDs, it was high on that list as well. I think it's because it's a new IP, people was interested in it, and maybe they saw others had the game. They said some positive things about it. Well, they decided they wanted to try the new experience for themselves. 
Um, that's why it's it's still on this list. Now, I'll be curious to see if it's still on the list when April comes. But I agree 100 percent that Nier should have been higher on this list because the game is fantastic. You know, I don't really see how a game like this, you know, is not really selling because I did see a couple of stories about it sold this much di- digitally. But again, the digital sales are not counted. So obviously it looks like it's a lot less because it's just the physical but I, I yeah this game should have been higher on the list in my opinion more but people I'm, need to play that game more people really need to play that game because it is really good oh yeah oh no no doubt about it um i am glad it is on the list at the very least but yeah should be higher on the list um, next month is going to be a different list though watch like because again we got games like persona 5 and we got games like ukulele so that that list is going to be radically different next month i, I believe I'm going to be very interested to see if Ukulele makes that list. Um, I, I really believe it. You want to know why? Because not just the backers on Kickstarter, but I think also because of all the controversy surrounding it involving JonTron and a lot of those other people. A lot of people have been coming out and saying that they were going to boycott it and, and that they were going to ask for refunds and stuff. But I have a strong feeling that if it does not make a list on, on the MPDs because of physical sales, I believe that at least it's still probably sold pretty well because of digital. Because it had so much conversation about it. Not whether yeah. it was good or bad. There was a lot of people still talking about it. Everybody talked about it when the stuff about JonTron came out. And also, keep in mind, here's the other thing, because I saw this the other day. You know, It's funny how this comes up. Uh, uh, the, the physical versions of the game still have JonTron's BO in it. So people probably picked it up and didn't update the game just to hear JonTron's voiceover in that game. No, dead. That's I'm good. dead serious that's because that's I saw point. videos. I saw videos of this, and granted, the voiceover is not that special. It's really stupid. Don't get me wrong, but I would not be surprised <laughs> if there's a bunch of people that actually go out and pick up the game because of that and just don't update it. Yeah, I mean that's you. You, you, you raise a very good, very good point. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, well, yeah, you, you're right. It, it could, it could, do, it could still be on that list, and that's that. that that's good. It should be on the list. Um, because, I mean, this is another game people have been looking forward to. So, we'll see. Uh, one thing I did want to say very quickly, though, because, you know, I, every time I look at this, this these lists, Grand Theft Auto Five is still on the list. Now, I, I had a question about this because <laughs> uh, the thing is this. You know, I there was an article posted on our site earlier this week, and, and it was about the top five highest-selling games of all time. Grand Theft Auto Five was on that list. Uh, but the, in that particular post, I asked the question, so what's going to happen when Red Dead Redemption 2 comes out? Uh, is this, is Grand Theft Auto V still going to be on this list alongside Red Dead Redemption 2, or will Red Dead Redemption 2 replace Grand Theft Auto V? That depends, straight up. I mean, that depends on how the multiplayer is in Red Dead Redemption 2, if people are going to migrate over. If it's like nothing special... Like that for that crowd, because clearly there is a hardcore crowd for that game. That game is still selling, and like so <laughs> long later, I think I don't even know if Call of Duty games have had it like that. I I I could be wrong as far as like the the reception with them, where Call of Duty is like always on the MPDs because it kind of is when you really think about it. But it in that case, if it's between GTA Five and Grand Theft, uh, or what is it, Red Dead Redemption Two, I, I really believe that even if it's not as great. As like Grand Theft Auto Five, you know, there'll still be a huge following with it, and it'll still sell. Would it last as long as GTA Five? That's a much more more interesting question. Yeah, and, and it really depends if all those people playing GTA Five migrate over to Red Dead Redemption Two. And after all the different stuff that's happened with that game, you know that that I think is going to be very hard to pull off. Hmm. That's a good point. Hey, you never know, uh, Gary. W- w- what are your thoughts on that particular question? 
Um, I think uh, every newborn is provided a copy of Grand Theft Auto Five at this point. Uh, <laughs> uh, he might I, not I be off base with this. <laughs> I, I don't know who in America doesn't have this game already, but um, like, yeah, I, I think um, Red Dead will definitely shoot to the top of the charts right away but i do feel like grand theft auto might still be on the lower end of the list for a while even while red dead is out and then you know uh, eventually i guess uh grand theft auto will kind of trail off and then you know more people will pick up red dead instead of gta and stuff and it, you know if uh like you said if the online really takes off and it's as good as the the gta online then yeah, uh, Red Dead is gonna it's gonna have legs to you know dominate the charts for for months. So yeah, I think there will be a transition there eventually. And, and also, let me add or add on the fact that uh, you know I keep hearing that Red Dead is coming out this year, but I we have not seen any information to know for sure that this game is coming out this year. It very well could be delayed. You know, we don't know that. I know Rockstar has a history of delaying games, so. Um, we'll have to see. Obviously, E3 coming up soon. We'll probably hear more information by then to know for sure, for sure, it'll actually be out. But, um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. But o- o- overall, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, again, to go back to the MPD list, I'm glad that Nier is on the list. I mean, I, I can't emphasize that enough because this is a game where I, I mean, I went into this game based off of playing the demo that was on the PlayStation Store. And I was like, they sold me with that demo. So I'm glad that others picked up the game. Hopefully, it is higher on the list next month. Um, we'll have to I gave see it a good review. That. I gave yeah. it a high recommendation in my review. And, I, and, for the, and for the record, next month, Persona 5 better be in that top three spot. Because I don't think it gets any more highly recommended than me giving it a 100. I'm just saying, people. <laughs> Yeah, I'm no, just saying, it, if you haven't bought it already, go buy it. Please, buy it physical, so at least you can get up with the MPDs. But the, the same thing with, with Nier Automata. Uh, I, I think that more people need to play that game. More, a lot more people need to play that game. Could be because the majority of people went and bought it digitally. Like, again, since we keep mentioning that digital, digital sales are not included, a lot more people are buying games digitally, you know, in one way or another, besides going to the store and picking them up. But maybe that could be the case for Nier Automata, because there's a lot of positive vibes about that game all over the place and not just from the media just from people just talking about it in general it's getting dlc very soon as well and a lot of people seem to be genuinely excited about it even though it's just costumes and a variety of just you know kind of basic stuff but everybody seems to like that game and it seems to be the same thing with persona 5 so that's why it should definitely be in the mpds next month i agree i agree I, I I don't I don't think uh, I, no doubt about it. I think Persona will be on there. It's just a matter of where it's going to be on that list. Uh, we don't we don't know Grand Theft Auto Five will be on the list again because uh, you know Wesley just said in the chat. Oh yeah, it's it's going to keep charting until PlayStation Five comes out. So we'll see. But um, I have a bad, have a bad feeling that actually might be true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Grand Theft Auto Online. You know, I, I know none of us still play that, but uh, there's a lot of people that still play it. So. Um, well, you, you know what's going to happen with the PS5, though, right? What's that? They're going to remaster Grand Theft Auto V for the PS5. And, on the <laughs> and have all the DLC. <laughs> and have a demo for Red Dead Redemption 2. Because you know Rockstar will do some crazy stuff like that. You hey, that- and, and the thing is, it will sell. That's the funny thing. They print money at this point. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it can happen. I will not rule that out. Um, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, any final thoughts on this topic before we move on to the next? 
Nah, that's it. Okay, so this is a topic where I'm going to actually give the floor to you, Mr. Lugo. I know that last week we discussed that the NES Mini is now discontinued or will be discontinued soon. Uh, and now that there are rumors that are getting stronger that a Super NES Mini is coming out. So feel free to give us some more details on this particular topic. Well, there's not a lot of official details yet, but obviously the NES Mini is discontinuing. It, it's pretty much a wrap for that. And a lot of people are really upset about this, but we talked about this on the co-op and we talked about it a couple, a bunch of times in a variety of different places, both on, both on and off camera, that the main reason for this could be one of a couple things. Number one, they're going to release another model of it. Number two, they want to add more stuff to the virtual console for the Nintendo Switch, which is much more important right now. Or three, they're going to do an, a Super NES, uh, what's it, Super NES Mini or SNES Mini. And that seems to be the case. That's like to almost a given now at this point. I'm fully expecting that if we don't get it at a Nintendo Direct soon where it's an announcement, we get an announcement at E3 during the Nintendo Direct there. Like that's almost a given at this point. And it's a lot of different places that are hearing from various sources that this seems to be the case. And they're get, like you said, they're getting stronger. And it's coming from a lot of reputable places. I remember even today listening to a Kotaku podcast where they were talking about it. And you know how Kotaku is when it comes to getting scoops. Like they just, they got ninjas all over the place spying on people. So I, I'm more inclined to believe that this is actually happening. And it makes business sense for them because the NES Mini uh, sold a lot. Granted, they should keep it around a little bit longer if they really wanted to get more money out of people. They're, it's just more the logistics with the stuff going on with the, the Nintendo Switch right now that I think is really the monkey in the wrench. And they've had statements. And I think we even talked about this before on the other co-op podcast where we talked about this, where they come out and said that they didn't expect it to be a thing that really kicked off. It was supposed to be a one one and done type of deal and just move on from there because the Nintendo Switch is where it's at for Nintendo right now. That's their main focus. That's where a lot of their energy is going to be going towards. And the same thing now with their online service, which is right around the corner. I keep telling people about this. This is right around the corner because Splatoon 2 is coming out sometime soon. But the online service for the Nintendo Switch is also right around the corner because that's going to be the game that kind of you know springboards that into the limelight. And also keep in mind, that's online service is going to have Nintendo games that get connected to it. So obviously, if you want people to dive into your online service on the Nintendo Switch, or if you just want people to get Nintendo Switches in general, that's going to be another talking point that you're going to want to have that's strong, besides giving people another option to go play those classic games. Because if you really think about it, right? Why would anybody dive into that Nintendo online service with the with one of the positive points being that you can get classic Nintendo games every month if they could just go get a bunch of Nintendo games for a lot cheaper for a one-time deal and have it for the rest of their life rather than a times uh times exclusivity like that for for a certain month. Obviously that that's a much more better uh, choice for them and it's not going to get people on board with the online service. It's not going to get people on board with the Nintendo Switch. At least that's what we're assuming. Or at least thinking about what could be the actual reasoning why they're discontinuing the the Super NES or the was it the the NES Mini and then going along with either the the Nintendo Switch or the Super NES model uh, or Super NES Mini. So that's at least where my head is at. But but where are you guys with it so far? Um, yeah, like I, I'm confused. I mean, obviously it's a rumor. We don't know if it's you know official yet, but if it's being reported this much, then there might be some truth to it. Um, and I know last week, you know, like uh, JJ just said as well, um, you know, our theories were mainly like they're probably um, going to offer a lot of their classic games on 
you know the uh, the Nintendo Switch online service and stuff, and maybe that's why they're pulling out of the the, the NES Mini market and stuff. But you know, it like with them introducing the the, the SNES Mini now, like I'm just trying to figure out the logic behind that because um, I know there was a lot of reports that the the NES Mini could be um, pirated, like you can you know hack it and. You can get, you can put damn near any game you want on there and stuff like that. So maybe is it is it a case that this SNES Mini is gonna um, gonna be piracy free, which it probably won't be to be honest, because there's always a way to you know hack these things. But um, is it that you know they want to make it more secure in that sense, or is it just like maybe they just want to do these one-off things, like because obviously they 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 released the NES Mini. And it was, you know, it was limited supply pretty much. They didn't say it was limited supply, but it really was. And it sold out very quickly and then people couldn't get it. So is this basically their strategy to just put out this thing for a limited time, make a lot of money off it and then move on and, you know, focus on the Switch again? Like, is that is that their strategy here? I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out their logic with this because, like, so far their actions don't make much sense in terms of, you know, releasing the mini and then discontinuing it like months later their, their their logic almost never makes sense to the general public that that's just how nintendo operates sometimes it, and it's a true thing i know rich is laughing but but it's the truth uh in, in many different cases but again there a lot of this stuff just seems to point out to like what we've what we've mentioned thus far and i can understand them doing the exact same thing like what they did with the nes mini for the snes mini and and to just have having a certain amount of those just get sold and then just completely discontinuing them and then moving on. I really believe that really their main focus is the Nintendo Switch and they just didn't expect the NES Mini to be a success like what it was. They only figured like it'll just be like one of those things that just lingers and it took off more than what it actually was supposed to. And th- this could also mean also that the SNES Mini is one of those knee-jerk reactions to the success of the NES Mini. I don't think they even planned for the Super Nintendo uh, Mini console to actually be made. I think that they just thought about the NES Mini and just like want to just move on from there back to the Nintendo Switch. I think really believe that might have been their game plan from the very start. And this is just them adjusting or at least trying their best to adjust while still maintaining their momentum and maintaining their original blueprint for whatever they're doing with the Nintendo Switch and the online service, you know, as far as the virtual console is concerned. Uh, really, it could be a blessing in disguise, you know, as far as the, the the virtual console itself getting more much more plentiful with the games that are offered on there especially if they're going to tie some of the stuff to your nintendo account and you don't have to buy things like five or six times over and such but again there's a lot of hypotheticals here and i feel i really do believe we're going to get a confirmation of this at e3 like it's all it almost seems guaranteed at this point yeah you know i i i think you both made great points all around and i also believe that um I mean, the way I see it is that, uh, well, like you already said, JJ, they, they need content for this online service. Um, so this is probably what this is going to be all about. A lot of those games will end up on that online service because we don't have any other details about that online service yet. Um, so, you know, again, they have to iron out all those details for everybody else to really know. what They what should have been done that for the record. They should have been done that before the console came out. 
Oh, oh, I agree. In all honesty, straight up, in all honesty, I even said this when all the Nintendo Switch talk had first started for a long time when they first revealed the details about that online service. It's not that great. It doesn't sound that appealing. It is not as good as Xbox Live or PlayStation Plus. It seems like a very haphazard attempt at their online service, and they have a lot to prove with it. And the console's out now, and we still don't know the, the, the full depth or a lot of the details about that online service, despite all the press coverage that it's gotten. It seems like and, we know enough, but we don't know enough. And and, and let me add a, a asterisk onto that sentence that you just uh, said. The console is supposedly out now. I don't know where the hell it is in this city because I can't find a console <laughs> in, in this in, in nowhere in this state. I've tried to get a switch. There's a, there's a Best Buy ad that that shows that they're going to be having it uh, down south, you know, for a certain amount of time at Best Buy. Unless, so of course, already it already sold out by the time we we did this podcast. Yeah, well, that, that, that's a possibility. That's a possibility. Um, but yeah, you know, we'll we'll, we'll we'll see what happens with this whole thing. I, I think what you said before about uh, you know this being part of the online service, I, I see that. But then again, I do question if that is if that is the plan. I don't know what this. Uh, SNES Mini is all about why that's coming out when they can also put those games on the Switch as well. Um, we'll have to see. But yeah, Nintendo has a lot of explaining to do beyond that. Um, and the one question that I would ask Nintendo if in a couple of months when we go to E3, uh, when we actually go to Nintendo's booth, and if we are fortunate enough to talk to a Nintendo PR, I will ask them where the hell are the Switch is at? I want to buy a Switch but you guys don't have any available. So how am I going to buy a Switch if this they're, they're not out there? So we'll see what happens. Um, but uh, any more thoughts on this topic before we move on to our next topic? Okay, picture this. Like, what if this is the case, right? <laughs> what if the SNES Mini is announced and, you know... Um, they reveal that, you know, the console will come with a small selection of, you know, um, uh, Super Nintendo games, you know, preloaded onto the system. But you can also pay for that Nintendo uh, Switch service on on the SNES Mini that will give you access to two games per month, just like on the Switch. Like, do you think that would be a good idea? Because then you're creating a lower tier platform where you can still get those subscriptions and you know that will lead lead to more money for nintendo that's smart business and you know something it sounds like almost like a layup sounds like a genius idea i don't think that they would do it you want me to tell you why because they want people to buy nintendo switch straight up that that's that's probably the, the number one legit reason because the nintendo switch is their platform right now and it'd be cool i think that with the super nes mini it could actually be where you could actually add different games that you could probably purchase on the virtual console. I think that'd be kind of like a good stretch for it. But like that idea that you just mentioned, Gary, sounds legit. I just don't think they won't do it on principle. Yeah, they probably wouldn't, like, because they probably think it would take too much value away from the Switch, I guess. But like, because I, it prevents just... people from buying the Switch because people would buy a new Nintendo console to play their older games, to buy them off the virtual console and just to have them loaded onto their, their hard drive. That's what people would buy those that those consoles for. And you could probably say the same thing about the Wii U. Even though the Wii U virtual console is not that great, there's still a bunch of people that bought some of the offerings that they put on there recently over the last, like, what, I want to say, like, a year or so since the console had been out that they added to the virtual console just bought games for that besides the obvious stuff that was on wii u but if you have that now 
and to have the switch that's on the market but you say exactly what you said with the any super nes uh was a mini people would not buy the switch and just get that console if all they're going to do is play retro games and they're not going to buy anything on the switch right now yeah i think uh what i said would only work if there was a huge selection of new games on the switch because then you would still want like you would still have people who want to get the switch because you know there would be pokemons and all types of like marios and metroids and you know all types of different games on the switch so they would still want that system at, but at the moment i don't think it would work because there's not enough on the switch so people would just buy the snes mini if they did that so yeah i, I don't i don't see them doing it but i think that's a good idea if they are going to make a snes mini though that that's a very playstation-esque type of move when you think about it because if you think about that right the playstation playstation had the playstation 4 come out and then they also had other platforms that were kind of like you know not not subsidiaries but like offshoots of the playstation brand that had other ecosystems granted not all of them were successful outright you'd, you'd say that about the vita with as far as the numbers even though it's still alive technically in its own way but you could say the same thing about that playstation vr and other different types of stuff that they've done where at least with playstation vita and some of the other platforms and other services like playstation now they still offered that kind of like all-in retro gaming uh service or at least retro gaming options for people that want to play older playstation games so that's why i say it's like a very that's that's like a, almost a very sony playstation type of mindset and thinking to do something like that and it, to me i think it would be successful but i just don't think they do want to do it because they want people to buy switch yeah and that's pretty much what um sony did with the the uh the vr tv or playstation tv thing exactly. whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. that, exactly. that was basically you know just a system for people to subscri- subscribe to playstation now and then you know they can have access to those games on their tv so if yeah if nintendo did do that it would be good but i just don't see them doing it right now because there's not enough on the switch so people just wouldn't buy a switch at that point I don't think they'd ever do it because they also want some of those people to buy those retro games again. They want those $5 for Super Mario Brothers again and again and again when you really think about it. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. But, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm not, I'm just trying to, you know, think <laughs> what, why, why it would make sense to make a SNES Mini. Like, I, I just don't understand. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll find out uh answers to all these questions soon enough you know i'm pretty sure nintendo has some plans for e3 you know reggie has been talking a little they got big plans for e3 uh you know they may say that and it may just be another nintendo direct but a lot of news in that direct so you know i I don't know but um we'll find out some more information sooner rather than later but if they want my advice to nintendo is that if you want people to buy the switch first and foremost there needs to be hardware available you know everywhere you know and on top of that, you need to have software also. Because um, Zelda, great game, fantastic game. But, you know, I need to know when is that Mario game coming out? I need to know, are you working on a new Metroid game? All of this information. So we'll see if they deliver on this front at E3. They better come out swinging at E3. Straight up. They de- they better come out swinging. Uh, and I'm not just talking about with arms, guys. You hear me, Reggie. I'm not just talking about arms. You need to be coming out swinging. A lot more than just that stuff, and, and a lot more than Mario Kart 8, because I hear a lot of people are dropping their Mario Kart 8 Deluxe reviews very, very soon. 
and stuff. And and they're 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 saying a lot of positive stuff about that, saying that it's another great game of the Switch. That's an old game when you really think about it. Besides all the new content, I'm talking about brand new experiences on the same level as like an Arms, on the same level as like a Super Mario Odyssey, on the same level as like a Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. We need a lot more in that library to get a lot more people excited. And you need to make the console available to us. And you need to make sure that there's other stuff addressing some of the hardware concerns that people had with the left Joy-Con, with uh, stuff with the Switch's bending, and all these other things, and the online service specifically uh at e3 i agree i agree well we'll see sooner rather than later but uh yeah to be determined uh so you guys have anything else to say on this topic before we move on to the next no i'm good no nothing else for me okay i want to throw two quick topics that i didn't put on this list these are just brief conversations because I saw someone ask this question in the chat. So what did you guys think of this new game that uh, Namco Bandai is working on called, uh, I believe it's called uh, Cold Vein? Uh, I know there was a teaser trailer uh, that had the hashtag prepare to die. Um, there hasn't really been too much information on that. But just to say what it is, the game is supposed to be an action RPG. Um, I guess you assume the role of vampires. It's set in the future. And that really is all the information that is that has been revealed about it thus far. But I wanted to ask you guys, when you saw the trailer, if you did see the trailer, are you intrigued by the game? Or do you just, uh, like, uh, I, I don't really know, any, know too much about this quite yet. People yeah, might have thought of it as Dark Souls, probably, more than likely. Yeah? Yeah, because that's why, like, when I first saw the announcement of the game and stuff, I, I thought it was by the, the Dark Souls team, but apparently it might not be, I, I don't know. But uh, the, the premise of the game and what they've described so far seems pretty cool, uh, and I'm, you know, I'm definitely going to be looking out for it, looking out for more information. I haven't seen the trailer, but off that description, I would assume it's another Dark Souls S type of game. At least from the way that it sounds like, because you don't just put prepare to die and then not think that everybody around you, especially being Bandai Namco, when the, the first thing that they wouldn't think of is Dark Souls. That, that's just the that's just the nature of the beast, especially with how rabid that fan base could be. Because hearing that offshoot, I would have thought that they were either doing another uh, what is it DLC to Dark Souls Three or working on the next Dark Souls game. So who knows? I gotta look at the trailer to see if there's any gameplay. Was there any gameplay in that trailer whatsoever? Did Did you see anything of that? I I no I I didn't see any gameplay. Uh, the game is not coming out till 2018. Um, so so we'll probably see it at E3 more than likely because we're, we're going to see Bandai Namco when we go to E3 now. Oh, absolutely. Months. But but I would assume that's the direction they're going to go with it, unless they show us something completely different and it's more of a, a traditional action RPG that's not in the same way that Dark Souls is built. For. Who knows at this point? Okay, uh, correction. It it was prepared to dine. Okay, yes, Black oh, prepared Star. Prepared to dine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Th- thank you for pointing that out, Black Star. Because you know, again, I don't know anything about this game. All I know is that when I saw the trailer, I said, you know, I'm interested in this, but I need more information. Um. So yeah, hopefully we'll we'll find out more about that at E3. So yeah, if it is uh if it is set in like the Souls universe, I think that would be really cool for them to do something like this with vampires and stuff. So. Maybe it's a humorous take on the Dark Souls formula. I actually think that's something that hasn't really been explored because we've had Dark Souls and Demon Souls come out and we've had a lot of spin-offs and clones of that style of game. But we haven't had a comedic uh, approach to it. 
which I think would be really funny when you think about it. You could really ham up the difficulty and ham up the the, the craziness of those style of games, but just add a lot of humor to it. I think that would be a great idea to do something like that. And I say this now as someone that wasn't really kind of resonating with the style of gameplay that Dark Souls and Demon Souls and Bloodborne is, and yet I'm playing Neo right now. And, you know, I'm actually really enjoying Neo because at least Neo, to me, I feel more like I'm playing a Ninja Guide endgame. So it feels a little bit different, even though it's that same type of style or engine that they're probably, you know, are emulating or mimicking and stuff. But I would love to see like a comedic take on that style of game. It's, it's certainly possible. Um, but yeah, we, we have to definitely get more information. So hopefully uh, at E3, we'll be able to give you guys more information afterward about this game. Because uh, we should have a better understanding of what exactly it is. Maybe we'll see some gameplay. You, you never know. But uh, stay tuned for more details on that. Um, and one other thing I did want to mention before we get to the final topic. Uh, Mr. Lugo, I know that you have been playing Guardians of the Galaxy. So I wanted to get your opinion on this because, you know, I haven't played the game yet. I haven't picked it up yet. I just need to know whether or not this is a game I should pick up. So... I, I've been playing, I finished Guardians of the Galaxy the first night I got it, okay, Telltale sent us the game, and we, we're probably going to be doing more discussions about Guardians of the Galaxy down the line as more episodes come out, it's very similar to what you guys heard us do with Batman, the, uh, the Telltale series, which is cool. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy suffers from the same issues that we've seen a lot uh, from all the Telltale game series, you know, all the same type of engine problems, little bugs, uh, visual kind of like glitches and hiccups here and there. It seems like the Telltale engine is really starting to get worn down. If it hasn't already been worn down for a lot of people, we said the same thing when we were playing Batman, when we experienced a lot of different uh, stuff going on with Batman, the, uh, the Telltale series. And it's the same thing with Guardians of the Galaxy. The one thing I will give Guardians of the Galaxy credit for is juggling a lot of the different characters that are included within the roster for the Guardians and some of the other people that you come into contact with. Uh, I think it's interesting uh, that, you know, some of the, their personalities kind of, you know, intertwine a lot better than what we see in a lot of other Telltale games. But the only other issues that I have with Guardians of the Galaxy thus far from what I've played of Episode 1, again, understand that this is just Episode 1 and things could change as we get deeper into the series. Um, it seems like a, a lot of stuff seems not as exciting thus far. It, it seems where they're leaning very heavily on the aesthetic and some of the visual cues from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, even though it's their own story, it's their own interpretation of the Guardians of the Galaxy. They're still leaning very heavily on the use of like classical music, uh, some of the the same type of like you know helmet that Star Lord has, and other visual stuff that you see from some of the other Guardians, but you see that in the movies, and also the same thing with. Um, with Yondu and some of the other characters, they look very similar to stuff that we already see, seen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. And it's a little bit disappointing where they just couldn't go a little bit more crazy with how they could have done stuff visually different, more based maybe on the realm of the comics. I would have loved to see some different like flavor of stuff, but still have the same sort of essence as far as personality that we got in some of these other mediums. Um, one of the things I do give it credit for, and again, this might be a little bit of a spoiler, so I'll try to tread very carefully as much as I can. 
where they do certain things with some very big characters from the Marvel Universe that we haven't seen done yet in either the movies or the comics in, in more modern times because everything's been pretty much done in some of the comics for either Marvel or DC at some point. But with the games, they're exploring different territory that seems interesting at first, but I don't think really pans out just yet or there isn't really that much of a good payoff. It seems like, you know, uh, a, a little bit cool right now. But not necessarily stuff that gets me excited to see what's going on with the next episode. So I'm hoping episode two really does some better stuff. The preview that they have for it is interesting enough to kind of be like, okay, I'm going to play episode two just to see where this goes. But I'm still not excited just yet. I wasn't excited as I was for at the end of Batman uh, episode one. Okay, well, that uh, <laughs> that does not sound too positive. So, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I... Definitely have to have to have to have to check it out. Uh, I mean, one thing I will say right off the bat, and I'm not going to criticize too heavily because I haven't seen the game yet. But I, the the way that some of the characters look, um, yeah, that's I felt like that way that same time when I first started it, or at least I was looking at some of the trailers before the game came out. I felt that exact same way where I didn't like some of the the look for some of the characters, including Rocket, like Rocket Raccoon. I actually I'm a big Rocket Raccoon fan from from the Guardians of the Galaxy, and and his voice also. Just didn't jive well with me at first, but as I started to play, I was like, "Okay, I'll just accept it. I'm good." How's oh, yeah. Groot? Groot is Groot. I mean, there is one funny scene. I will admit, there is a funny scene that has Groot in it that I don't want to spoil. But when you see it, it totally catches you off guard and gets a laugh out of you. And I want to have more stuff like that that I didn't feel like was enough, kind of built into the episode. They they do do have you uh, come across like certain decisions. That I feel like are going to really come into play later on as the series goes on. Which they, they kind of make it very obvious at this point. It's not as ambiguous uh, as like The Walking Dead. But it, it still is like, okay, it's almost telegraphed to you what they do. But I want to see more humor. Guardians of the Galaxy is supposed to be very humorous. And if they're going to really pull a lot of the essence from what's going on with the movies, the humor needs to be jumped up to 11. Yeah, that's... um. Yeah, I, I I agree. Uh, I mean, I guess again, I know we have to play it to to see, you know. But I I I did see that this this is probably going to not this may be a little disappointing. But yeah, hopefully it gets better. Um, I did see Black Star mention in the chat about Walking Dead. For those that don't know, uh, Walking Dead season three episode four is out on Tuesday. It's upcoming Tuesday, so I, I have to give Telltale credit for you know getting a little quick with some of these releases because I wasn't expecting Walking Dead to come out this month at all. Um, but that's good. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to get a quick thoughts on Guardians. So we'll definitely have to check it out and we will do a podcast after we have had a chance to play it. I know Gary is very much looking forward to Guardians. Uh, so um, I know he'll be all over that game as soon as he gets, gets some time to play it and if he can pull himself away from Overwatch. But uh, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm in the same boat as Blackstar. Um, I, I need to finish the Walking Dead Series 3 first, and then I'll get to Guardians after that. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to checking it out. And, um, you know, based on what I've heard, it isn't, you know, that great. But um, Wait, who said be... that? Who said that? Uh, <laughs> what, who said it's not that great? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, based, I'm, I'm going off of what JJ just said. And you know my good friend, well, our good friend Carl Daniel. You know he he also talked about the game as well. I saw him yesterday, and we were talking about it. 
So, oh, yeah. okay. My fault. I thought you were saying Walking Dead isn't great because Walking Dead season three is man. I hear Walking Dead season three is actually really good. Some people, yes. are, yeah, like I, I'm not into the Walking Dead like that as much as you guys, but I hear like much more positive stuff about the Walking Dead, and I really think it has to do with the ambigu- ambiguity of some of the decisions you make. Because I feel like with Batman and now Guardians, you know, without getting more in depth with it, things are telegraphed a lot more obviously, and they're yeah. not so kind of like gray when you really think about. It. That's what made the Walking Dead so good. Uh, or at least those different seasons of The Walking Dead so good is that the decisions you made, you were never really truly sure that you were doing the right thing because you could do think you could do something that's actually really good, and all of a sudden it's disastrous later in the episode. That's true, and 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 the other thing about it is the the tone. It's very serious, very dark. You know, they they don't they don't care they don't care who gets killed, and that is how it, things would be in apocalypse. You know, with The Walking Dead, you know, except, of course, if you're the TV show, because if you're the TV show, you have an actor like Norman Reedus, we're not going to kill him because he's very popular and people would have a heart attack. But with the game, they don't care. They will kill anybody, as proven in season one when they killed Lee at the end of the season. So I appreciate the hell out of that approach to, uh, you know, you know to, something. I, th- I think it's also a byproduct of like the different stories that Telltale games are kind of telling. Uh, that are different from The Walking Dead is that a lot of them are superhero stories and a lot of them are a little bit more upbeat and they're working with licenses and that probably does come into play, you know, behind the scenes. So they can't really... Granted, they have a lot of creative freedom, but they can't really be as crazy as they probably have been allowed to be able to be in The Walking Dead at some point. Because I wanted Batman to at least have a lot of the gray ambiguity and the way that they were talking about when we saw Batman back at E3 leading up to when we actually played all the episodes, we wanted it to feel like The Walking Dead, especially because it's Batman and the way that that character's designed, the way that things work out for his world. We thought that's what we would be getting. We didn't necessarily get that. We got a very either left or right type of approach. And I think that's where a lot of the Telltale games are kind of falling into, especially with all the different licensed games that we've been getting. I don't know if the Minecraft game or even the Tales of the Borderlands game was really kind of falling into that because I never played them. But that's what I'm seeing with Batman. That's what I'm seeing with Guardians. I heard similar stuff about uh, some of the other games that were not related to Walking Dead that Telltale has done. And I think they even Game of Thrones kind of like, you know, fall into that category a little bit too. And I'm pretty sure because there's also supposed to be other games I think that they're doing at some point down the line where that might be a problem where we're starting to see. That's why people are starting to feel the way they feel about Telltale games besides the technical stuff with their engine and everything else. Which is funny enough, they have not fully found a way to get around, which I think is a really bad thing for them. Especially if they're working with all these other games that are supposed to be really high profile, that are really big and really interesting. But they still can't get their engine to work right, especially on day one. And I think it sucks, you know, because I experienced it. I haven't told you guys about this, where my say data got eaten for Batman, I think it was episode two or three, when we were really deep into Batman and all of a sudden I lost all my progress randomly. That's the type of stuff that people don't want. And I hope it doesn't happen to be with Guardians because that would really suck. They they really do need to fix this stuff. Um, hopefully they they are listening to the feedback and they are working to fix this stuff. I don't know. I think as long as they are using the same engine, I don't know if it's modified or whatever. It, I, I feel like they always have issues, technical issues or whatever, and it should they shouldn't have any issues even on PC. I know Gary has had issues as well, so uh, they need to do something about this stuff. Yeah, it's that damn engine. They need to they need to work on that. Yeah. So uh, hopefully, when we go to E3 and we see whatever they're going to show behind closed doors, we don't have the same issue that we experienced the last time 
where the demo shut down and they had to restart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that told us everything we needed to know about Batman. They were like, well, looks like this game's going to be like this. But but it ended up not being bad. It's just, again, it's the same stuff, different day when it comes to their problems. But who knows? I said to someone on Twitter that we were talking about it. Maybe they can't figure out a workaround around it. And they're, they're kind of stuck with it because that's the engine that works for them. And trying to develop a new engine is not an easy feat. It, it, it takes a lot of time and resources and a lot of people to do it. So that's why they're probably just powering through it through all these different issues may who knows i could be totally off base but i obviously they're not stupid they know about all these issues that pop up in their games oh yeah oh yeah they know and again the games are still good so let's just say hopefully they are listening to the feedback and they are working to fix it but we'll see um but yeah any final thoughts before we move on to our main topic no i'm good no i'm good all right, so it's the main event time, and I know that this is a topic that obviously, you know, E3 is still a ways away. We are going to have a podcast down the road where we talk about the E3 predictions, of course. We'll probably do that sometime next month uh, because we'll be closer to E3 by then. But uh, Gary had a main topic he wanted to talk about, which is uh, what type of megatons do we think that Sony's going to drop at E3 this year, you know? We already know that Sony, they have they have had excellent co- conferences. I know last year we, you, you and me, Gary, we were able to go back to E3. We was there for that conference last year. That was fantastic. However, of course, the year when they showed The Last Guardian and then you saw Final Fantasy. I know Mr. Lugo was at that show and that. I was show, in the B roll for it. I was actually in the B roll for Sony that shows me in the audience when they announced Final Fantasy VII. That, that yeah. they actually showed me, showed me and my friend jumping up and down because we were excited. That I, I think that that had to be one of the best moments uh, in terms of the E3 memory. Um, and then they capped it off with Shenmue 3. <laughs> they were like, hey, we got some more for you. Oh, yeah. A, ga- a game that is supposed to come out this year, you know, in, in December. But I haven't heard anything about it. But we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, you know, so because Sony has done so many great things, we're trying to make a prediction as to what we think the megatons will be this year so uh mr lugo if you want to go first feel free to let us know what you think some megatons will be uh does it only have to be strictly sony though yeah just Sony. just sony okay because because i mean one thing i will say is that i don't think we're going to get the most megatons from sony i think a lot of that's probably going to come from microsoft and that has to do with project scorpio and other stuff but if we're but if we're just talking sony i think that we're going to get a lot of games i think that that's going to be the bigger focus Kind of like what they had on their last E3 conference, which I think was great. It wasn't so much about hardware. I don't think you're going to get any like big price cuts from the PlayStation 4 model or PlayStation 4 Pro. Uh, same thing with uh, PSVR. I think you're going to get a lot of big game announcements and stuff that we know about for a while now that I think is great. Like We're going to get more details, I'm pretty sure, about Spider-Man. We're going to get more details about The Last of Us Part II, which, uh, God of War. You know, These are games that we've known about for a while, that we've been excited about for a while we just don't have like the finer details about them i think we're gonna get gameplay i think we're gonna get release windows i don't think we're gonna get dates i think we're gonna get windows because those types of things are always gonna change especially when they're not within like a reasonable time period that we don't see some of those games but um as far as like big like reveals like surprises of stuff that we see uh i think it's very hard to tell at least at this point in time because there's so many things 
that have, haven't come out yet that are big deals that we, we were trying to, you know, discover more uh, details about as far as like more info and more things about them and actually see the games like in their true form that I think that a lot of the stuff that what Sony's been doing with a lot of their studios has been more focused on that. I don't think there's any projects right now, save for maybe one or two studios that I can't think of at the moment, that we don't know what they have been working on. Because the majority of studios have either been working on PlayStation 4 stuff or they've been working on PSVR stuff. And a lot of that, a lot of those titles we have already known about if they haven't already come out at this point. Uh, I even see in the chat a couple other people were uh, was mentioning a couple different things like uh, Days Gone. That's another one that, that we saw already. We just haven't seen the game like as far as like in its real true form because things are constantly been changing for a while but i don't think we're gonna get any super super crazy uh surprise announcement games that we haven't already seen i think we 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 kind of expand upon what we already know i so i i I was also looking in the chat and i have to say this i i think you know both miguel and back in black star mentioned sucker punch's new game because the thing about it is this Sucker Punch has been working on this game since they finished Infamous Second Son. Um, and maybe they started, because I know they also did the uh, First Light DLC as well. But I could, I, I definitely think that Sucker Punch game will get revealed at E3. And I will even say that there's a possibility it could come out this fall. If, if I'd be not, surprised if it's in this, to be honest with you. It, it's, it's, hey, it's, it's, uh, it could very well get pushed out further. But I, at the very least, we are we are going to see it at E3 because I think it's about time that they reveal what they've been working on because they've been very quiet. They haven't been at a you know been around for quite a while. So I think uh, we'll at least see something, unless of course that's save for PlayStation Experience. Now, but, now uh, keep in mind, let's 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 also acknowledge something too. Uh, when we talk about timed exclusives also, because I think uh, there could be an argument made that a big megaton could be a timed exclusive thing for a mm-hmm. certain big franchise that's third party. And a lot of people say Destiny, and I think we've known that for a while, but I think the bigger one would be Red Dead Redemption 2. I think that it might be a huge deal, because remember, the rumors floating around for a long time since last year's E3 was supposed to be that that Red Dead Redemption 2 was supposed to be revealed at the show, at the Sony press conference. That was supposed to be the big thing. And, and because of the Orlando shooting and all that other stuff, that was the rumors that were floating around. Maybe this year they come out and say that Red Dead Redemption 2 has exclusive content coming to PlayStation 4 over the Xbox One version. I could totally see something like that coming. And that being the quote-unquote megaton announcement where it's being more favorable to edge on the PlayStation 4 brand or version of those types of games over other stuff. Maybe we get to see other games that we've only gotten teasers for. Because I know the Avengers game got teased out by Square Enix at some point. Square Enix and, and Eidos, I believe it was, or Eidos Montreal at some point. But like stuff like that is what I'm saying. Like Maybe those are the types of announcements that you get rather than like you know stuff that we don't know about. Yeah, that's possible. All of that is possible. Um... I do have a couple other uh, scenarios, but 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 uh, I'm gonna let Gary go first because I want to hear what Gary has, what megatons he thinks are, are going to get uh, announced or mentioned at, at E3 for Sony. Okay, yeah. Uh, well, first I just want to um, paint a picture of you know why I came up with this discussion because you know obviously the past few weeks, you know maybe like three weeks or so, we we've, we've been you know heavily focused on uh, Microsoft talking about the Scorpio and everything, all the details that have come out. And, you know, we like, it seems to be 
pretty assumed by a lot of people you know not saying us but you know a, a lot of the talk is saying that you know people think that sony is going to deliver you know and, and they're gonna you know because people are kind of down on on microsoft and xbox and scorpio so people seem to think that you know sony is is an easy victory for sony especially because their uh, conference is the day after you know microsoft so they've got time to capitalize and everything um but you know me personally like i i don't know like what could sony really you know reveal because um, you know, I'm, I'm talking in terms of megatons. Now, we already know they're going to have some great announcements, and we already know what some of them might be. You know, but there's, you know, I, I feel like a megaton is separate from a good announcement, and I'm sure Sony will have tons of good announcements. But will they have a megaton that can counter, you know, the Scorpio? And you know, from what I'm hearing, the Scorpio price might be, you know, really considerate. So, you know, they're going to need a strong counter for that. And, you know, that's why I'm saying, like, do they have a megaton in store or are they just going to show us a bunch of, you know, good announcements? And um, so in terms of what I think could be a good megaton, um, obviously, you know, a megaton might be different for, for different people as well. Like everybody might interpret, you know, things differently. Like one thing may be a big deal to a certain group of people, but not so much to another. So it's all subjective, but um you know in terms of what i think could be a good megaton for them um let's see so i feel like you know two years ago you know jj was at e3 and he saw those announcements of final fantasy remake and shenmue 3 so you know uh, i was thinking okay what if this year you know they revisit those two announcements and they deliver release dates for them and they even go as far as to say you know for in the case of final fantasy remake you know this is a timed exclusive you can only play it on the playstation you know for an entire year or you know wherever the the term is and they'll say this game is coming out 2018 you know holiday 2018 so we have a solid release date you know or they could they could even do the same with kingdom hearts you know it could be you can interchange them you know it could be final fantasy or it could be kingdom hearts 3 you know one of those i think that would be a big megaton announcement because those are games that you know people are heavily looking out for um and also i feel like if sony brings back an old ip that you know people associate with the playstation brand that could be a big deal as well and i'm thinking in terms of the getaway you know or siphon filter or something like that because people have wanted um you know one of those games for a very long time so i think that could be a big deal for them but yeah i mean obviously you know scorpio is new hardware and you know we, we we have the playstation 4 pro we have psvr now so you know it doesn't seem like sony can do anything that can match a hardware announcement but you know they do have a lot of fantastic ips that they can deliver on and a lot of you know uh, business relationships with you know different publishers and um, licenses and stuff so you know they, they could definitely pull out a few major megatons i think um but will they is the question uh, what so, was you gonna say rich so I, I so i was gonna say this yeah that's a great question great topic I, for me I, I think that sony will play to their strengths of the software because uh, you know all of the games that they've shown in the last few years you know we gotta remember last year we saw spider-man we saw days gone and we saw god of war 
I, 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 there's no way I can, I can look in my mind and say one of those games is not coming out this year. It'd be awesome if two of them came out this year, but I definitely think one of those is coming out before this year is over because, you know, Spider-Man is a big deal. This is a game where if it does come out, that's, that right there is, is going to be huge for Sony when it, whenever it comes out. Um, I do think that Last of Us 2, when you talk about the megatons, obviously last year we saw Last of Us 2. Uh, there was no mention of a release date, which is fine. I do think we're going to get a release date at some point, and I would not be surprised if maybe that happens at PSX later this year when they come back, because we are going to see more footage of the game at E3, I think. I, I mean, think that's I, where you show it, to be honest with you. That's when you see stuff like more of Last of Us 2. That's where you see more Spider-Man. That's where you see a lot of more of those games that they made a big deal about it last year at PSX. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're definitely going to see more. Um, but, you know, in, in terms of, of the of the Megatons, like you say, Gary, uh, I mean, Sony has... They have three deals going on right now. You have the deal for Red Dead Redemption, you have the deal for Destiny, and you have the deal for Call of Duty. So all they can do at when whenever they have their conference, you see the Scorpio is, is announced as a price. We are dropping the price of PlayStation 4 Pro. It is now $350. And one a couple of games uh, are coming out this this fall. You know, there's another game we still don't have a release date for, which is supposed to come out this year, and that is uh, Quantic Dreams game, uh, Become Human. Um, so it, I, I, I think, though, one of those big games of the three that they showed between Spider-Man, Days Gone, and God of War, one of those games is definitely coming out later this year. Uh, I would have to make that guess, unless they decide to push everything out further. Um, but I just think, drop the price of the Pro, and then announced that one of those games are coming out. Plus, you already have the deals with these other games. That may be enough. Uh, but I do like the idea of them re- re- revisiting old IPs. I would love to see a, a siphon filter. I mean, this is a game I thought was going to get announced a long time ago, but it never it never did get announced. Um, but we'll see. One thing I did want to throw in, though, one game that has proven to be success that maybe was a bit of a surprise for Sony and one game that I have heard rumors about, well, it's not finished. Bloodborne 2. Yeah, you know, that's that's what I was thinking about because that that's something that got popped up during the the Tokyo Game Show a while back. I think it was last year where people talked about it because it was the new DLC at one point. And here's the thing. Sony published Neo, and Neo did pretty damn good. And not, not just critically, but also it sold a decent amount stuff so i'm pretty sure that they would revisit that style of game again whether it's bloodborne or neo at some point but uh, another thing i also want to go back to is what uh was it what gary said about final fantasy 7 remake and kingdom Hearts 3 i i even though i don't think it would actually happen i think there's a plausible case to be made for that being a timed exclusive for a decent amount of time because those games a lot of people associate with the playstation brand and keep in mind the Kingdom Hearts collection that I reviewed not too long ago was only available on PlayStation 4. It wasn't on Xbox uh, One at all. And that those are the types of things that you, you see and you notice. And keep in mind, they did announce a while back that both of those games would be on Xbox One. But I've seen no things that have like really kind of touted out about that. And there was even about uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 a while back on their website saying that the Xbox One logo got removed. And it ended up being fake, but like there's a talk 
and those things that are popping around all over the place. So I could definitely see like that being a time exclusive in the same vein that the Rise of the Tomb Raider was on Xbox One before it came to PlayStation 4 and then got that definitive edition version of it. So those are things I think could realistically happen. I don't think like that type of stuff, even though I, I said before, like that'll be like what we hear more about. They're not made a bigger deal compared to like some of the other stuff, like as far as like release dates for much more bigger titles or bigger games. I, out of the games that you mentioned though, Rich, I feel like the, the one game that would get actually released at the end of this year and the other two would get pushed back, if, if even so, would probably be God of War. Because that was the game that looked like the most, that it was the most polished for most of those games that we saw. Granted, Days Gone was already still being worked on for a very long time, but we only saw, uh, uh, I, I guess, a good like you know vertical slice of that game. At some point, not even something that really looked like it was, you know, primed and ready that it was running an engine that somebody was controlling that and stuff. Even though I think there was demos at one point here and there about it. I feel like God of War is the game that might be that one title that comes up this year. And Spider-Man gets pushed back into next year to me. I, I don't think Spider-Man is ready to go. That's that, that's a very strong possibility. That's a very good case. Um, we'll have to see about that. But, hey, I, I will have a problem if God of War came out this year. I mean, this is the game that opened the show last year. Uh, a lot of people very excited to see it. So I don't have a problem if that's coming out. Hey, I, I'm I, I'm ready. I'm ready for it. I bet I bet you that's the game this year that gets a playable demo at E3. Out of all those big titles that oh, have yeah. been out there, unless, unless they're crazy and they have, you know, demos to go ready at for most of those games, I think that's probably the one game that gets ready for this year to be shown playable on the E3 floor, or we go play it in some sort of appointment or something. But, like, I don't think, like, Days Gone is going to be ready. I don't think Spider-Man is going to be ready, and I don't think it has to be, to be honest with you. I think those are games, may, maybe not so much Days Gone, because I know Days Gone they've been working on for a while, but, like, Spider-Man, I don't think it needs to be ready right off the bat. I don't think we're going to get a demo for Final Fantasy VII Remake. I think that's a game they're going to hold for a while, if at all, you know, for this year's E3. Uh, same thing with Kingdom Hearts 3. I don't think you see games like that. You maybe see trailers, but I don't think you see, like, I don't think they, they come out and be like, oh, you get to play this on the E3 floor, you know, tomorrow when you go to the, to the actual floor to our booth. I don't think it's going to be like that. Yeah, agreed. Um, and and uh, I did see Miguel uh, ask the question in the chat. So what's up with the sequel to The Order? 1886. Yeah, good. keep dreaming. I don't think that's happening. <laughs> I, I don't, I, as beautiful as that game was, as cool as that game was and the concept of it, I don't think that's happening. I, I don't think... Re and Ready at Dawn... What, was it Ready at Dawn that made that game yeah, or no? That's, that's them. Ready at Dawn. Yep. Ready, Ready at Dawn is too busy working on Deformers right now, B. That's, that's what they're doing right now. So I, I don't think... I, I don't even think it really did that well to, to, to really get cause them to go back to that. As cool as a concept as it was. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know if we need another four hours of that series, to be honest. Oh, come on, Gary. You don't want another four-hour movie, B? You don't want another four-hour, uh, what is it, visual novel? <laughs> uh, come no. on, Gary. It's, it's, hey, listen, don't don't hate, congratulate. They released the game, and, you know, I know we, some of us thought it was okay. We didn't think it was horrible. Beautiful-looking uh, game. Beautiful-looking game on the, on the PS4. You got to admit that. Oh, absolutely. And, but I feel like a lot of that game, it was just like a, this is like a, a, a prelude to the actual story because there was so many things that they still needed to tell with the story and a lot of stuff left open-ended. So I, I, I am hopeful that there is going to be a sequel eventually. They um, just forgot to make a game when they made that. That's that's the only problem. That's why that didn't sell that well or didn't get that really good uh, of yep. a reception. And it's why it won't get a sequel because they forgot to make a game while they were making that. 
yeah, yeah. But you know, we'll see what happens. Um, I mean, the only thing we know as far as games coming out, we know that Uncharted Lost Legacy will be out in August. But uh, I'm telling you, you guys for sure, there is one of those games that has to be coming out this fall because you know there has to be at least some game. And I'm not saying that to compete with Sony. You know, I mean, it, I mean with with, with, with uh, Microsoft because yeah, no matter what. Scorpio is going to to do. It's going to sell to some degree, um, but you know, Gary, it's something for the holiday season. Oh, 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 oh absolutely, absolutely. Um, but some games are going to get pushed out further. I, I just don't know what that game is, but I, I do believe it is one of those three games, unless it's a game that they purposely did not announce yet that we don't know about. Um, yeah, but, I mean, like for the first time this generation, Sony has tons of games they can you know potentially drop at any time you know yes. like they're, they're in a good position because i mean they've got detroit they've got gt sport you know yep. uh, the, the uncharted dlc death stranding which will be here in five years and um you know they've got a lot that they can really god of war uh you know days gone i i think days gone and god of war will definitely come out this year and probably detroit as well um but yeah, and they've got Spider-Man, of course. But they've got a lot of games, you know. They've got a lot they can release, so they're in a good position for once, you know. Um, and, and the thing I, is, I a lot of those games. No, oh, sorry, Gary, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I definitely uh, feel like we're due, you know, an update on Shenmue Three, like a release date or something. You know, maybe it'll come like well, spring 2018. Well, the so. Kickstarter, the Kickstarter had said December 2017. I, I, I don't know if that, that happened. That yeah. is not happening. Period. The thing is that I was going to say before was that a lot of those games are big and they don't have to come out this year. That's the thing. Uh, if I was a betting man and I put money on it out of all those titles we mentioned before, I feel like God of War is the game that comes out this holiday season. And games like and, and Detroit comes out this year as well. Uh, but games like uh, Days Gone, games like Spider-Man get pushed back. And, and uh, GT Sport also, I feel like, is another game that gets pushed back. You know, stuff like yeah. that where uh, GT Sport again again yeah maybe again to be honest with you because people are going to buy that game regardless whenever they release that and like they have such a high level of quality when it comes to you know with polyphony they're they're they're, they're ridiculous they're ridiculous developers when it comes to racing games and gt is all the previous gt games have been testament to that my point so, is is that a lot of those games that have been worked on that just have a lot of high notoriety and i feel like they're not going to just drop all of them you know, within that like couple month period, I feel like at least they're gonna get. They have breathing room to give some of those games time to germinate a little bit more. And I feel like though the games you go to to germinate more is Days Gone and Spider Man. Those are the two that I feel like get pushed back. And God, to me, the only reason why I say God of War comes out this year is because that looked like the most complete to me. Hey, it's you know we we have to see about that. But you know, you mentioned GTA Sport. I, I have to ask the question. Uh, I'm curious what 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 the answer will be to this question. And Gary will probably like this question. So let's say GT, GT Sport, that they do decide to release it this year. Um, what if they decide to release that within the same month to go head-to-head with the Forza 7 game we know is going to get announced by Microsoft? I think they could do it. I think they can. And it, is GT Sport, uh, GT Sport is compatible with PSVR, right? Am I, am I wrong on that? Well, that's a good question. I, I, I'm I think that'd be smart. That'd be very smart. <laughs> To, to be honest with you, I, I thought they were trying to do that. I don't know if they've actually done it, but yeah, that would be smart. 
I think that'd be a good talking point for getting GT Sport over the Forza game. Granted, the Forza game is going to be on brand new hardware and these different type of hardware that you know is going to be a selling point for Scorpio. But but I still think that that could be a cool, interesting thing to have two racing games go at it. I don't know if they necessarily need to do that though. I don't think it's like a necessity for them. They could they could just release that after Forza and still be good because the GT name you know sells alone. A lot of people oh, buy yeah. Gran Turismo. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It, it uh, would be great if they PS4 Pro enhanced the hell out of uh, GT Sport. Oh, and, easily, yeah. hell yeah. And then you have two 4K racers kind of going at it on, you know, Scorpio and PS4 Pro. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. It's possible. But, you know, again, you know, th- th- these are all just uh, guesses as to what will actually happen. Uh, we will know what is actually going to happen. Oh, somebody said it in the chat now. Blackstar said that it is PR- PSVR compatible. It has a VR mode. So then, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Because I wasn't remember because I saw it at PSX, and I don't remember if it had PSVR or not. But but since that is the same, seems to be the case and stuff, Forza doesn't. So that that's another talking point to for a lot of racing heads out there. That, that might, you know, come into play for them. So even if they didn't go head-to-head with them, people are still going to buy Gran Turismo, especially if they have a PSVR and they have a PlayStation 4 Pro of all things. So that sounds like it'd be good for them. They, the I, point I, is that they have a lot of breathing room to do a lot of cool stuff and a lot of breathing room to release games at good, opportune times and not feel like they need to drop something. It's not like last uh, last uh, Christmas or not last holiday season. We're now all of a sudden leading into 2017. All these big bombs are great, phenomenal games are dropping on PlayStation 4. You like mean, they have a lot of spread out for them. You mean the last three years? Or the last three years. <laughs> but but you understand what I'm saying. Like it, it's not like, you know, it's imperative for them to get something out this holiday season. They have to drop something. They have stuff. And they feel like I feel like they can spread stuff out for everybody. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah, they 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 are able to spread stuff out. They do have that option. Um, I do I do know though that that Sony, as of late, they they have been responding to other stuff that Microsoft has done, like when they had the Xbox Game Pass, and you know that for that reason, I think they are going to want to have something out this fall. I just don't know what it is. Um, I think you're right though about Detroit. I, I honest to God, I think you're right about Detroit. You know because you know how uh, Quantic Dream is with their games and stuff. It's the same thing with uh, the last one that they had Beyond. Yeah, that we said that that'll be around. That'll be Journey for a very long time. And it wasn't as much, and it released at a good you know opportune time. Granted, the game didn't turn out the way that it was, but I feel like that uh, Detroit Becoming Human and God of War would be my two picks for the games for them to drop this year. And then Shenmue Three comes out 2019 because <laughs> that game is not coming out anytime soon. <laughs> Do, yeah, so do, not, that, do not believe that game is coming out anytime soon. So, no. so that that'll be out the same year as Death Stranding and, and Kingdom Hearts three and and um exactly yeah. <laughs> you know when that game might come out, and I still say that they're probably thinking about this and they haven't acted on it just yet, especially across all platforms. Uh, having the original Shenmue games get released in HD on, on both Xbox Live and PSN, like that. Because I feel, I feel like that should be coming, or at least a good way to segue everybody into Shenmue Three. Because a I lot of people is- now these, a lot of people now these days have not played the first two Shenmue games at all. Yep. Period. Because they didn't own a Dreamcast, they weren't around for that time frame like that. So, especially in order for it to sell, at least get people excited again and to understand why that game is so important and stuff. I feel like they were prob- they are, they are probably talking about that at some point. Um, I think the plot twist is that. Um... We're going to get uh, Kingdom Hearts 3, Final Fantasy 7 Remake, Death Stranding, and Shenmue 3 
all release in the same day. <laughs> yeah, right. If that ha if that happens, I will buy you a tall beer. I, 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 I will buy you one of those tall beers. You, you, what is it? You had one year? Well, not if that actually happens, because there is no way that the, the stars align that good again. Like what happened last time? No, but um, yeah, I, I also fully expect Sony to um, to release. That they'll probably save one major game for to, to release um, next. Uh, you know, around around the time that Horizon released this year, they'll probably have some big quarter one. March. Yeah, quarter one. Yeah. Quarter one. Like February or March time, I think they'll release something big around that time. So what they'll they'll have that? they'll have some stuff this fall and then I mean I don't know, it could be anything. I mean, you know, they have so many games that they could potentially release. So I, I feel like they won't try and cram everything into this holiday season. They will save something for, for spring or quarter one next year, I think. Yeah, I, I'm cool with that. To me, it would be Spider-Man. I feel like Spider-Man that that'd be a good game to release in the in the the springtime like that because that's after all the other Spider-Man and Marvel stuff is going on, that you know, and all the other stuff going on with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So that'd be kind of a cool time to release a game like that. But again, assuming that they haven't already figured out like what games are going to be releasing or dropping at what point. Yeah. Hey. Well, I'm gonna just say uh, Reggie Butler, aka Weapon X, making a lot of great points in the chat saying that you know god award games always come out in march so um i'd be maybe. totally cool with that too i'd be totally down with that hey it's, it's possible it's possible we'll, we'll see but um yeah we'll we'll see just wanted to talk about that uh i'm assuming that the next the you know the next show we'll we'll talk about uh what megatons we think xbox will have because uh i mean to me honestly if Phil gets up on stage and he says we have games, that is a megaton because I don't see any games right now on the system. And you know, as I said last week, I'm talking about exclusive games. I'm not talking about uh, you know third party games that are on every system. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I have to at this point. I have to shout out Wesley because he said some real shit earlier. He said um, Sony's biggest megaton will be the Scorpio price. Oh really? No, think about that. That is a very good point. Let me tell you why. Because a lot of people have different vibes about how expensive the Scorpio is going to be. So if the Scorpio is expensive and not a lot of people take a lot, a lot of liking to that, and they're they're just not down with the price point, even though it's going to be justified in one way or the other, that could be Sony's time to shine and be like, hey, we got a super affordable uh, PlayStation Four Pro that has uh, games that could be enhanced to four K. And different stuff and there's a bunch of stuff to play on it right now that if that if that was the case that's what i would be talking about during my press conference because that'd be the same way how everybody was up in arms about the used game thing about sharing games and doing all this other stuff and they did exactly that during their playstation press conference and everybody lost their mind but you see that that, yes, that yeah no i agree 100 percent. but you see i i think that uh Phil knows that this is going to be, you know, Sony is going to have something already in mind to try and, you know, to go against the Scorpio. So I think Phil knows this and is going to try as hard as possible to surprise people with that price and with the value and with the games. But again, until they actually show us what they have, I will have to say, well, uh, until I, you know, we have to see what, what it is that they're going to do. But, um, I, yeah, I, I I don't really think Sony 
I have to agree with the general consensus. I don't think Sony necessarily needs to worry because the, the games, you know, all the games they showed last year at E3, I, I, I can honestly tell you, I've never been to an E3 conference and left the conference and I was like, you know, I want to play every single game that I saw. With the exception of Dreams, that is a game that I didn't know. I don't care what happens with that game. I have no interest in that game whatsoever. But every game I saw at that conference, I said, yeah, I want to play. Um, so I think they have they have a great lineup. So we'll see what they do uh, this upcoming uh, second half, third quarter, and into the holiday season. But they definitely will have something, I think, for everybody. I can say that much. But um, any final thoughts on this topic before we wrap up the show? No, I mean, you know, as we approach E3, there's going to be, you know, a lot of these type of discussions going on. So, yeah, there's a lot to look forward to. Um, you know, it's, it's going to start getting to that that exciting part of the year where, you know, we, we draw closer to E3. So I'm looking forward yeah. to it. And, and we're getting close to May. And you know how, like, those last couple weeks in May, right before E3 time, that's when stuff starts to get really rumbling. You start to hear a lot of rumors that either get confirmed or debunked right when we go to E3. That's a, it's around that. That's around the sweet spot for timing, like, it, leading up to, like, that final week right before E3 where everything just blows out. And, and, like, you know, surprises get spoiled. So this is an exciting time because we've had, so far, a phenomenal year in gaming. So it's only, for right now, the way that I'm feeling and I'm pretty sure a lot of other people are feeling, it's only going to get better, you know, after E3, it feels like. Because we've had some amazing games come out in this first half of uh, 2017. Oh yeah, this is this is this is a, this is definitely a mark out year uh, to be a great to be a fan. Uh, it's a lot of great games, you know. Across August the board, around. across the board, and it's not just Sony because I know we were just talking about Sony before, but Microsoft, Sony, uh, what is it, Nintendo? There's been a lot of great stuff all over the place. Oh yeah, oh yeah, um, and yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't stop. You know, we already got a couple of games that are announced for the fall as well. So yeah, I mean this is this is a great time to be a gamer. I would say, uh, definitely looking forward to hearing what Sony has in store at their conference and uh, Microsoft and Nintendo also. But uh, yeah, as Gary said, we'll have more of these discussions uh, within the next couple of weeks because we still have to talk about Microsoft and Nintendo and what we think. And then of course there probably will be news in between that period where we'll find out more stuff that could potentially be getting announced. So definitely a fun time. But uh, that wraps up today's show, ladies and gentlemen. We thank you for listening. Um, Mr. Lugo, would you like to give any final shout-outs to uh, anybody? Uh, just shout out to everybody in the chat. Thank you guys for joining us for this episode, you know, of the live show. Uh, putting all the comments, all the feedback. This is what we like to see. We like to see all the feedback, all the comments, all the 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 questions and everything else that you guys want to throw away so we can talk about it directly one-to-one with you here on the show. You know, not just the topics that we really discuss. We like the different back and forth that we could just bring to the discussions that we have on here. Uh, shout outs to everybody leaving comments on all the editorials and the reviews and all the stuff that we have on the website now. Uh, shout outs to everybody leaving comments and stuff on the video discussions we've been doing because we've done a couple thus far. We did one for Orcs Must Die Unchained. We did one for the DC Extended Universe where it was the three of us talking about the DC Extended Universe, which was awesome. We did stuff on the, uh, the stuff that I did for Persona 5. Not too long ago when the review went up. We've had a lot so far, and it seems like you guys are really liking that. But keep it up. Keep sending us feedback. Uh, shout outs to the Patreon 
uh, subscribers as well. Thank you for your patronage. We appreciate it. You'll keep allowing us to do all the cool stuff that we can, you know, do to bring you guys great content and stuff. Uh, but yeah, we hope you guys keep enjoying all the content that we're bringing you. And we hope that you guys keep coming back to the site, letting us know what's up. Absolutely. Um, I also would like to thank all of the Patreon supporters as well as everybody in the chat. You know, great conversations today as always. Uh, shout outs to all of you guys for all the hard work that you've been doing. Well, we've all been doing hard work collectively. Uh, shout out to Mr. Max Muller, who uh, might be watching this show later. You know, as I said, for those that maybe if you came in late, he is working on a review for Outlast 2. So you can expect that to be on the site uh, sometime tomorrow because the embargo lifts tomorrow. So if you're looking forward to that game, definitely look forward to hearing his thoughts on it. But uh, we thank you all for your continued support. And uh, Gary, the floor is yours now for shout outs. Yeah, as always, shouts to all of our Patreon supporters. M. Collins, Sean Gorety, Stephen Ferron, Mauricio Aguilar, Himdil, uh, Fergus Mills, Lado and Leslie, Nicholas Alvarez and Nick Biazzo. Uh, we appreciate all your support. You help keep the site going and, you know, help to find our various outings and server costs and everything so we appreciate all of you guys for that you know support and a big shouts to everyone who joined us in the chat today also you know we had wesley we had miguel we had reggie uh we had black star we had uh, uh master jazz you know shouts to all you guys the discussion was great today a lot of, lot of uh, interesting points were made and everything so shouts to you guys and um also don't forget we have a new podcast feed on itunes and we're also on stitcher radio too um i will put links for all of that stuff inside the post and inside the the youtube description box as well so uh you know if you listen to podcasts on those things it would definitely help if you gave us a rating on there like you know comment and rate rate it and everything and that helps us get discovered and it helps to show in, in the long in the long run and you know we'll keep providing you um you know awesome content for as long as you guys continue to support us and continue to listen so thank you very much everyone absolutely thank you all once again and we will talk to you all next week peace